Hey, it's Nel Medora here, and I wanna to talk to you today about something that could potentially make you a lot of money or at least save you a lot of money in your investing and actually make your investing, and no joke, 100 times easier, like 100 times easier. And it's all about lessons I've learned from Warren Buffett over the years. So let me tell you a quick story. Back in college, early 2000s, the stock market was going crazy. Everyone's talking about the stock market. It's like just people were like investing in something for 50 bucks and it goes up to 900 bucks. And then there was also stories where people are investing in stuff for $900 and it goes down to $50, right? So it's this wild, wild west, but it's like gambling. Everyone thinks like they're gonna be the one that wins when in reality, most people lose. And so I learned a very valuable lesson in college and I actually encourage everyone to do this and that is go through a day trading phase. That's right. Do you know what day trading is? It's where you see a stock, let's say something like Tesla, and it's like, you know, it's up really high one day and then it goes down really low one day. So you think, well, if it's a thousand bucks right now and it goes up to $1,200 in one day, then that means I've made 20% on my money. I'm a genius. I don't have to work. I could just do this every day. So let me tell you a story about what happened with me. And it's pretty, pretty normal what happens with most people who do day trading. What you notice is that one day the stock market is like up, 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 and it's down, 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 down. And whenever you're actually watching charts, it's a very stressful time and kind of exciting actually to watch these stocks go up and down. But then when you notice, you zoom out, what you start to see is that a really good company will do really well over time and that a really bad company will really do, will do really bad over time. But in the meantime, you have no idea what it's going to do. So Warren Buffett calls this Mr. Market and he says it's the, the market is called Mr. Market and Mr. Market is a manic depressive. One day he's super fun and everything's going to be amazing and you're going to the moon. The next day he's depressed and everything's sad and everything's in the red. And that's exactly what I found out. I would wake up every day when the stock market bell rang and I had like, you know, a few thousand bucks in my trading account. It was college. I couldn't afford much. And what I would do was I would say, okay, here's some of the stocks that I think are going to move. And the way people do that is by looking up the news about them. So let's say there's a, a new company and they're about to get a new drug approved by the FDA. Well, if they do this, generally the stock goes up because that means they're allowed to sell their drug and have a monopoly on it for the next 20 years. And if their patent gets disapproved, the stock goes down. So you could either short the market, which is very dangerous because you can un go unlimited down, or you can just say, I'm going to go long the market, which means the stock goes up. So I would only do the long market. So I didn't have to take margin to go uh, on a short and then potentially go into debt. So I would say, well, I'm researching a company's company and I think these are going to go up for these reasons. Everyone's talking about them. There's a lot of interest. There's all this buzz. I'm pretty sure it's going to go up. So I'd place some money on that and it would go up a little bit. And I'd be like, cool, I made 5% on my money. But here's the thing. So you get a couple of trading fees every once in a while. Not, not a big deal. They're pretty small. In a lot of places, it's free. But then here's the thing. I just made a little bit of profit. Let's say 200 bucks profit. But here's the problem. Because I made that so quick, you get what's called capital gains tax. So instead of being charged roughly about 20% tax for a long-term trade, you can trade, uh, charge like 40 or 50, depending on where you are. So the taxes alone are huge. So instead of making 200 bucks, I actually just racked up my tax bill a little bit and there's really no way to get around it. So that's one downside. The other thing is I'd have to wake up every day, pay a lot of attention to what's going on, and I would make a little bit of money, but then I would have to risk all that money again on another trade. So let me fast forward. After about a year of doing this, what happened was there's all the stress, all this research, all this stuff going on. At the end of the year, you kind of end up breaking even. So there are some days where you're like, whoa, I struck, I make $3,000 today. This is amazing. 
But there's also days where you lose 5,000, right? And there's another day where you lose 7,000. You don't really want to talk about those or remember those. So that's what day trading is like. And what happens is 99% of day traders either lose money or break even or do nothing. There's very, very few people that have this inherent advantage or uh, maybe algorithmic trading where they have some sort of weird advantage where they actually make money. However, insert Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett extensively speaks about long-term investing. And he's like, look, I don't know what the market's gonna do in one year, two years, three years, but I know if I buy a really, really, really good company, it's gonna go up in about 10 years. And the reason is this. One, there's just inherent inflation in all of our currency. So there's always been at least 2% inflation, if not way more inflation. There's some years where it goes backwards, but like overall as a trend, it always just keeps going up and up and up. So the US dollar is gonna lose its value. So instead of holding $100 for the next 10 years, and it's gonna be worth $70 after that, time frame. Instead, if you're holding a good company, let's say like Apple or Google or something that's producing things, well, you invest $100 now and maybe it'll be $150 in the future. So at least it'll go up some, if not a lot. And so that's what he always taught that you can't tell on these short-term timeframes what the market is going to do. However, you can tell on long-term price range uh, timeframes, probably what it's going to do. So let me tell you a story about the first time I made way more money in a single trade than I ever did with all my years of day trading. There was this big scam uh, in the early 2000s called Enron. And there's this company, a, a gas company called Enron, blah, blah, blah. It was a big, huge Fortune 500 company. Turns out there's a lot of fraud going on, a lot of, lot of shady stuff happening in the accounting department. So Enron literally vanishes overnight. No one ever thought this, this giant company with offices around the world, et cetera, just, it, it went away. It like, there was on the news, there was the people, you know, packing up their boxes and crying that they'd just been laid off. The, the, the company's gone. And so there's another company. So that was Enron. There's another company called Dynagy. What they are is a gas transportation company. They just take natural gas from one place and they either truck it or pipe it to other places and store it. That's what they do. Dynagy makes about $600 million a quarter in profit. So that's $2.4 billion per year in profit. And they've been doing that forever. Like this slow, steady growth, you know, it's just like they add more pipelines and they make a little bit more money. It's very steady. Like this is not some company that's going to go way up or way down ever. And so they got caught up somehow in this uh, scandal. I forgot the exact details, but one of their executives was kind of in on some weird thing. So anyways, they got a fine for $2 billion. The government was like, you better pay $2 billion or else you're going to be in trouble. So Dynagy did the responsible thing. And they said, you know, we're taking all of our profit, that $600 million per quarter every three months, and we're going to plow it into paying off this fine. There's so much public outrage about this that they were just like, you know, we're just going to play this as safe as possible. We're going to report no income and just pour all our money into this. So they actually did the right thing, but the way that was perceived in the newspapers and all the, all the different analyst uh, blogs and everything was that Dynagy had all of a sudden gone from $600 million per profit per quarter to zero. And so what Warren Buffett did that made me see through the matrix was he said, go read the reports, read the actual filings, the, the, the quarterly and yearly filings of these companies. So I pulled them for Dynagy because I thought something was going on. And what caught my eye was the stock was like at $30 a share. I don't remember the exact numbers. So take this with a grain of salt, 30 bucks a share. And it was down to $1 a share. I remember thinking like, wow, that's a that's a big drop. And everyone's like, Dynagy's going to go out of business. They make no money anymore. So I started reading the filings. And what it clearly said, you know, in a very boring way, because these are just financial reports, was that, yeah, we still make all the money. Like nothing about our business has, has changed at all. It was like some weird exec that made some weird deals. We're paying off the fine. 
And so after four quarters, after 600 million, 600 million, 600 million, we'll be back in the black. So I was like, wait, so that means in four quarters, they're gonna be profitable again, at least by 200 million. And then that next quarter, they're gonna be back to $600 million in profit, right? This is pretty obvious. So why is everyone like shorting the stock and saying they're going out of business? I just couldn't understand it. So I kept reading and reading. And what I concluded after this was that Dynagy was fine. There was literally nothing wrong with the company. Nothing changed. The employee headcount was the same. All the pipelines were still running. Everything was fine other than this weird fine that they're aggressively paying off. And I thought, but, but here's the thing. They're doing a good thing by paying off the fine right now so they don't have it lingering over their head. It's like someone who just got in credit card debt. They're taking all their income and just paying off the credit card so they don't get more debt. That's a good thing, right? And I was just like, how can this be, like, where am I wrong? How come everyone's saying that this is bad? And so I decided to make a bold move. I put a few thousand dollars on Dynagy stock. And I said, look, I'm buying it for like roughly a dollar a share. It should be at $30 a share. That's where their, their market cap says they should be. But everyone's saying that they're going out of business because all the analysts are saying. And that's when I realized, I was like, who are these analysts? I was looking them up. These are like 24-year-old kids that went to the same school that I did that are idiots that never traded any stock. I was like, this can't be the case that the Wall Street Journal's like analysts are these like stupid kids with business degrees, right? Sure enough, it was. And so I was like, let me place this, this order. And I remember I was in a geology class of all things. That morning, the bell opens. Dynagy reports its income roughly 10 a.m. I'm in class on my laptop watching. And I like screamed out. I was like, yes, yes. And people are like, what the, what the hell is this guy looking at? What's, what's, he, what's his deal? And my money had gone up like 10X, something like that, 10 or 12X. I remember in, in one jump, it went from like a dollar to like $12 because everyone's like, holy crap, Dynagy's reporting income again. And I remember thinking, you idiots, if you'd all just read this story, it would have been so obvious that this company was fine. Nothing was wrong with the company at all other than this, you know, this, this fine they got. But of course, once they paid it off, it's going to go up. And here's the thing. It only went up like, you know, half of what it was because they paid off 2.2 billion and they had like an extra 400 million. So the next quarter, it went up even more. And I made more money on that trade than I did in like a year of day trading. And it was stress-free. I didn't have to do anything. I felt like Warren Buffett. I was like, holy crap. This is what this guy's doing. This is what they talk about all day. He just reads these financial reports and he can kind of like see into a business. He's not some genius or anything really. I'm actually, he probably is, but some dummy like me could just be like, well, th this shouldn't be that low. Like the, everyone's saying that this company is going out of business. In reality, it's pretty obvious it's not. There's like, unless there's also some massive fraud here that we're not knowing about, this company is doing well. And so that was my day trading story. And I couldn't believe it. Like that was the first time I was like, holy crap, I think Warren Buffett might be right. And since then, I've done pretty okay in investing. And the reason is I thought, what are stocks that I think are going to be around in 10 years? Meaning I'm going to put my money in it. I'm not going to be able to touch it for 10 years. Uh, I can touch it, but I'm not going to. And what do I think I know will do well? So some people are like, well, I heard Adidas is going to sign a deal with LeBron James. So their stock's going to go up. Well, my friend, that is gambling. You're just thinking that it's going to go up because more people will buy it. That's kind of speculation. And sure, there are some reasons to think that like, but sure, that's, that's fine if you want to do that. But I'm thinking, okay, but Adidas stock, you know, fashion is, you know, fungible. It could go up and down. What if it doesn't, what if it goes down after that, right? What if it goes up, but then like LeBron James dies or backs out of the contract? Does it go way down? I lose all my money. So I think, where can I put it safely? And so here is what I've done over the years. 
I've identified a couple of companies. These are just my own. It's not financial advice, blah, blah, blah. But it's just these companies, Apple, Tesla, Google, Amazon, Coinbase, um, Bitcoin, Ethereum, VOO, and MCHI. And what these are is Apple. So Apple, I use everything Apple. I probably spent more money on Apple than I have on all my, on Lexus cars. And so I, I buy everything Apple. I My whole life is on Apple. And still to this day, they seem to be the best for taking over VR and different companies like that, different industries like that. They still put out great products, et cetera. So I think in, in 10 years, Apple probably still be around. And if they don't even, if, even if they're not competing on consumers, they'll still be a really big enterprise company, much like Microsoft is. You know, I don't think as many people use Microsoft in my circle as people use Apple, but the enterprise world, you know, Microsoft is a gigantic company, one of the biggest in the world. I think Tesla, it's pretty obvious that they're just going to iPhoneize cars, where it used to be everyone had these weird different phones, mobile phones, they all look different, but now everyone has like the same looking Apple phone because they're just so much better. Tesla is years ahead of any other car company. So obviously I think Tesla is going to be great. People say, oh, it's overvalued. And I agree right now it is, but I think in the future, it's going to be the largest company in the world by revenue. So I think that's a, an obvious trend. I think Google is one of those things that we don't realize how much we use Google, but every search you do, everything you do, YouTube, et cetera, it's all Google. And so they run the bare metal of the internet. So that's where these companies come in. So Google and Amazon and Microsoft. So those are companies that run the bare metal of the internet, meaning they are actually running the servers that the internet runs on. So Google runs about 30% of it. Amazon runs about 30% of it. Microsoft is 30% and some other ones. So for the American internet, at least, that's what happens. So we cannot live without Google, Amazon, Microsoft. If those went away, we just... We couldn't do it, folks. It'd be impossible. So who runs the bare metal on the internet? Who do we really, really need? Who, the, what are we? They are the bottom Jenga, Jenga block of the internet. So I think Google, Amazon, Microsoft, those things. I think Coinbase will be the biggest bank in the world as crypto rises in uh, usefulness and ease and it becomes more and more part of a portfolio for everyone in the world. I think Coinbase will be the largest one. And then VOO is what Warren Buffett always recommends as a S&P index fund. So he says, if you don't want to invest in specific stocks, because I only invested in like about five or six, I think specific stocks, then buy VOO or whatever uh, index fund that just takes the uh, a, a combination of the top 100 companies, splits money evenly between those. And that's what it is. It's an index fund. So if you, if you think America in general will go up over the next decades, then just invest in that. And that's it. And then MCHI is the VOO of China. Um, so that's the best one I found at the time where it's just like a index fund for China. I've always been long in China. First time I went there in 2007, I was like, they're going to overtake us. Like it's, it's so obvious and people over here have no idea. So anyways, I've been long on China. It's always a, uh, contentious topic of debate. So I'll not debate it there. So, but if you have not been to China, I don't think you can talk. So MCHI, so that's the one and uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum. So there's uh, similarly to the stock market, there's all these coins that could go up and could go down because there's a lot of hype, but it's like, what is the useful ones? Where are all the developers building actual useful stuff? And the answer is Bitcoin and Ethereum. So if you look at any sort of crypto project, smart contract project, um, NFTs, all those types of things, they're all built on top of Ethereum. So even if you think an NFT image of a monkey is stupid, it's built on top of Ethereum, meaning that's the technology people are choosing to use. So Bitcoin and Ethereum, and here's the other thing. So here it is, Apple, Tesla, Google, Amazon, Coinbase, VOO, MCHI, Bitcoin, Ethereum. And here's the other big kicker, don't sell for 10 years. This is the part that Warren Buffett always talks about. The, the hard part is not doing anything. So let's say Bitcoin tapes a big dip or, or uh, 
one of the Coinbase takes a big dip or Amazon takes a big dip. A lot of people are like, I'm getting out. I'm going to save my money. It's like, well, you made a bet that 10 years from now, this company will be bigger, but you've only held it for six months. So what are you doing selling? In fact, you should buy when it goes down if you're so convinced. So anytime Bitcoin goes way down or Coinbase goes way down, I buy it because I'm buying the same asset that I was really into six months ago, except on sale. So if something's $100 right now and temporarily it's on sale for 20 bucks, don't you want to buy it? So that's what stocks are like. Anyways, I hope you learned something from this. Uh, I feel like a lot of people did not go through this day trading phase in their life. And then later on in their life, they unfortunately get really sucked in by all these like crypto scams and stocks going up and they take hot stock tips. Well, I've gone through all of it, fortunately at a young age, so my mistakes weren't that amplified. But I hope this is helpful to you and that you learned something. My name is Neville Maduro. Talk to you later.